the right door on your way down. There's no telling where you'll end up. Can you make it through? To the night's end. Looks to be a library friend. All knowledge can be found in a book. This library looks to be quite extensive. Let's check it out. I think there may be someone here. Be prepared. Practice inviting books in this haunted. Oh, hello. Sorry. I always get so engrossed in these tomes, I barely hear anyone enter anymore. My name is Armitage, and I am the resident librarian, hired by the Mortains to be the keeper and organizer of their extensive collections. Who are you? Hello, Armitage. My name is Jimmy, and this is my friend. We're trying to find a pathway home, but it seems your butler... Malik has other plans for us, and he's preventing us from leaving. Ah, the Dark One, yes. A foe, to be sure. He murdered me a long time ago. I started asking the right questions of him, I think. After the Mortains disappeared, the frequency of other disappearances increased exponentially. People wouldn't come to the house anymore. I questioned Malik, and he told me that the Mortains were still held up in Arkham on important business. Their explicit instructions were to put gravestones in the graveyard for all the people that have gone missing. That way, family said somewhere to go to grieve. Seems like an odd thing to do. Have a seat. Thank you. You're welcome. I thought it odd too but then mourners started to go missing as well. And what staff remained started to see spirits throughout the house. I knew that something was afoul amongst the grounds. I fear the worst for the Mortains. So how did Malik murder you? Well, one day, a family of five went missing while visiting the grave of their loved one. I had had enough, so I went to confront Malik. I walked in on him reciting an incantation from some dark tome that had red essence spilling out of it. Black candles were lit, and surrounding him in a ritualistic fashion. What happened then? Well, I ran to the library and locked the door. He blasted them open with some sort of fire ex- and explosion. The last thing I remember is a knife slashing across my throat and Malik whispering in my ear. What did he say? Yeah, I'll never forget it. And ye who stands with the devil shall live eternal. He that binds himself to the dark will rule as a dark one. Tough break. With all of this knowledge at your fingertips, have you managed to find a way to defeat him? No, unfortunately. But there is one area of the library that Malik closed off to me. Some dark magic keeps it hidden. I think I can help you with that. I want you to focus on pushing your spirit energy towards me, Armitage. Um... Is this helping? 
focus on a light in your mind, and once the image is strong, expel it towards me. That's it. Keep it up. Oh, this room has been gone for a long time. He's changed it, though. There is a dark book here. No, it can't be. That's a Necromicon. This explains all the supernatural activity in the mansion since Malik arrived. I think we'll be taking this. Better in our hands than his. Maybe Lee will know more about this. Just be careful, Jimmy. It's not a tool to be trifled with. Don't worry about me, Armitage. Thank you for all the information you've given us. It'll be extremely useful. Anything to assist in taking down the Dark One. Come, friend. Let's witness. Descent into the Archives. Written by Dennis Mombauer. Narrated by John Stinson. We require the Torani correspondence from the archives. Do not open it. Do not read it. Bring it to us. The instruction came from the fax machine, line by line, accompanied by toneless buzzing. M watched the paper, searching for a way to escape this assignment, but there was none. The instruction was in writing addressed to him and signed with the luminescent sigil of management. Shivered. This was his station of duty. He had nowhere else to go. It had taken him two years to get this job, and he had debts. If he stopped paying, bad things would happen fast. The printer finished its work, and M pulled the sheet out to read again. It had been postmarked as urgent, and urgent meant dropping everything immediately without delay. I have to get some files, M waved to his office partner, V, on the way out. She looked up with surprise. Get some files? Her eyes narrowed. From where? Yes. M had to force the words out. From the archives. V pressed her lips together and frowned. Are you serious? Really? It's a personal instruction? You can't refuse? She took a heavy purse from her desk drawer and threw it at him. Here. Take this. Use it to return. Please. M buttoned his jacket and took the first step. The staircase was wide and well lit, but with every level, the windows became lower and dustier. The illumination sparser. M clutched the purse in his pocket and cast one last glance out the windows before he descended beneath street level. Plaster flaked off the walls like dandruff. And where the stairs turned a corner, spiderwebs glittered in the ceiling's high edges. M climbed down level after level until he reached the lowest landing, the terminus of the staircase. A door with three locks blocked the only exit, and a bearded man 
sat next to it on a chair. Hi. How are you? I need to enter the archives. And brandished the facts from management. But the man didn't bat an eye. Sorry, but I have an order not to let anyone from upstairs in. Only archive staff. You must find someone to bring out your file. It sounded so tempting. M had no desire to go into the archives. He just needed to keep his job. Where would he go without it? How would he pay anything? Is there someone who could do it? Not this week. The last group of archive drones went in yesterday. They won't be out for a while. I, I can't wait a week. Impounded his finger on the paper. Felt it tingle as it touched the sigil. Management must know this. They had sent him anyway. The file must be important. Look, it's urgent. What can be urgent about a file from the archives? It's all just heaps of paperwork, isn't it? Paper is patient. I, I don't know why this file is important. I only know I have to get it. Can you make an exception and let me through? M knew he shouldn't. But what choice did he have? I can pay you. You have coins? M raised the purse and jingled with it. <sighs> Bearded man sighed and pulled a set of keys from his pocket. But this stays between us, all right? The archives stretched around M as far as he could see. Ring binders lined the branching hallways, their backs labelled with letters and dates and months, years, centuries. Paper dust hung in the air like plankton and settled on M's skin, causing him to itch all over. He headed as straight as possible and followed the hallways down into the past. Clumps of entangled chits and sticky notes had overgrown the floor, rasping against his legs with every step. In the unsteady tube lights, the shadows contorted around him and seemed to reveal new junctions and side corridors with every step. The sooner he got out again, the better. The archive vaults extended in endless flights of chambers and connecting passages, stripping M of any sense of direction. At the next crossroads, he found a coin box attached to an old-fashioned CVT monitor. He had never entered the archives, but he had heard of these things. His throat dried up as he weighed V's purse in his hand and found it lighter than he remembered. He took out a coin, kissed it, and inserted it into the slot. If he turned back, he would lose his job. And his job was all he had. The coin rattled through the machine before the monitor flickered into life. It showed him as a blinking dot and the ever-changing archive maze extending around him. According to the legend, yellow hallways housed contracts, commitments, and covenants, packs and pledges, bonds and depositions. Red corridors contained invoices and IOUs. Brown ones, pickled flesh and preservation jars. 
M moved his finger over the vast colored sectors and their spiderwebs of interconnected lines. Graphite, inanimate objects and instruments, autonomous artifacts and installations. Magenta, stone tablets and sarcophagi, turnscrews and Vitruvian cuneiform. Where was it? The CVT monitor would turn off any second and M still didn't know where to go. The fonts grew thinner and thinner, the abbreviations of sectors and subsectors ever more complicated. There, pale mayor blue, correspondence and communiques, letter mail and messages. The monitor went blank. M took a deep breath, coughed on the dust and walked. He had seen enough to know the general direction and headed towards it with long strides. M wished he had company, or at least music, but he only heard the distant sounds of steps, doors snapping shut, and clattering typewriters. Couldn't see a soul, just concrete and paper, cold brightness, and an eternity of files. How should he find the Tirani correspondence? Em stopped at another coin box and fed it from the purse. Colors had changed. A legend scrambled. He frantically searched the map, left branch of the corridor clockwise down the staircase. Arrows were glued between the filing cabinets. Their directions didn't correspond to the corridors of the archive maze, pointing at nothing or straight into the ground. M had never been clear about the nature of the archives, but he had lost colleagues to them. They had been on missions from management and failed to return. According to official memorandum, they had stopped working here, and no one had asked any more questions. After what felt like hours of walking and dispensing coins, M entered a hall whose exits were barred by wooden fence gates and padlocks. Hello? M rattled at a fence. Is anyone here? Yes, a voice answered him, little more than a hoarse echo. We can hear you. We can help you. It was a choir of calls from different directions, and soon M discovered their source. Figures shuffled towards him with gaunt faces, dust-encrusted fingers, reaching out for him through the wooden slats. Who are you? M wrinkled his nose at their stench of musk and mummification. The answer came in an assortment of voices. We work here. Employed, employed. We maintain the archives. We sort. We file. We failed upstairs. They transferred us here. Did you bring us something? Do you have a task for us? M stared at the archive workers crowded behind the fences. I need the Turani correspondence. Can you give it to me? The workers responded in unison again. Hekal Tirani. Oh. Oh, this is a matter for the bosses, a matter for the archive executives. We cannot give you the file. Can you show me the way? Oh. Oh, we can guide you. In the office of elders. The ancestors. The board of the archives. But not for free. 
I understand. Paying these creatures was the same as paying the coin boxes, wasn't it? A purse had grown so light. But what could M do? His coins ran dangerously low. But if he paid them, it should still be enough to get back. Keys jangled as the archived workers unlocked the gateways and encircled M. Follow us. Follow us. We will bring you to your file. The archive people led M with blabbering voices along the identical corridors which they had seemed to be able to tell apart from the tiniest of features. The environment changed step by step. Everything became older and more faded, seemed to sink below the waves of a sepia sea. Folders sat on the shelves in colors that M had never seen, labeled not mechanically, but by hand or with stencils. Bundles of paper filled the bordering halls to the ceiling, and M thought he even saw scrolls and clay tablets amongst them. Oh, oh, we cannot escort you any farther, not farther than here. M nodded and cast a last glance, the trembling figures. If he looked closer, maybe he could recognize someone. But for what purpose? He pressed on alone towards a heavy door. Locked filing cabinets and drawers lined the walls. A masonry of dull metal and keyholes. A faint noise emanated from them. The rustling of trapped files and moaning folders. Hello? I am here to pick up the Tirani correspondence from upstairs. For management. Can I come in? The door swung open before him and revealed a chamber with a stone shaft where the floor should have been, plummeted into an emptiness shrouded by fumes. What you seek is here, polyphonic whisper floated up with the fumes. What you seek will stay here, once in the archives, forever in the archives. There is no way back. But I need this file urgently. M had no intention to negotiate. His job depended on this file, and he would fulfill his duty. It, it is for management. We do not care. We are the ancestors of the office, the eldest and most ancient. Heed our words. You, you must have needed correspondence in the past yourself. Don't you remember? Old dossiers for, for reference, receipts for transactions, documents for conversations, memoranda. Silence. And, and what difference does it make? Even if I take this file upstairs with me now, it will sooner or later find its way back here again. Sooner or later, everything finds its way back here, doesn't it? Because all paperwork trickles down into the archives. We remember. We remember the odor of wealth. The perfume of profit. We are prepared for an exchange. Ten coins for Ikel Tirani. 
no more, and no less. M clenched his fingers around his purse in his pocket. He had eleven coins left. It had taken him ten to get here. He can't smell it. He know you have it. He cow tirani. Ten coins. We remember worth. We remember value. M tried to swallow. The inside of his mouth had dried up and left not a drop of saliva. How would he get back without coins? If he returned without the file, management would call him to the boardroom. Would they fire him over a missing correspondence? M straightened himself. They would, without hesitation, they would fire or transfer him. And he didn't know what was worse. One, two, three. M threw the coins into the shaft and watched them vanish without a sound. Four, five, six, seven. He had to rummage for the last ones. Eight, nine, ten. A leathery claw reached up from the abyss and handed something to M. We have counted. Take this folder. Don't look inside it. Go. The archive staff vanished, and M had only one coin left. The passages shifted again, and huge mechanisms laboured in the distance, turning and bending the maze according to their incomprehensible designs. M stopped at the first coin box and turned the last coin in his hands. Either he got out with this, or he was lost forever. He inserted the coin and studied the map as it appeared. Where was the exit? His heart hammered, his breathing accelerated. He was inside the black heart of the archives, and the coloured sectors extended everywhere with no end in sight. He found the staircase and charted the direction, marching as fast as he could while the memory remained fresh. The junctions rotated, the hallways rose and fell. He was out of breath and stopped at another navigation monitor. He had no more coins left and he was nowhere near the exit. M sat down against the wall and sat on the dust-choked floor. All that effort for one small folder. The Tarani correspondence couldn't be substantial. This wasn't about the actual correspondence, was it? It was about him stranded in the archives, even though he had done nothing wrong, even though he had always completed his work. What was so special about this damn folder? And what reason could there be not to look inside? Who could punish him if he perished here? What punishment could be worse? Sitting on the floor, M opened the folder, loosened the clamp, and started to read. He browsed rotten and decomposed pages, impossible dates, letter columns that contorted over the paper like strings of insects locked together. Despite himself, M sprang into motion and immediately stood up. Like a sleepwalker, his legs followed the letter's convoluted path, carrying him forward at their command. But where? Where to? Did he even pay attention to the way anymore? The correspondence wanted to get out. 
M could feel it. M tried to flip the folder shut, but his arms didn't obey him. His ears rang with whispers of Ikal Tirani and of escape, of hidden staircases and secret back doors. M looked from one featureless hallway to the next and marched without knowing the difference. The twisted letters of the correspondence burrowed through M's brain and dripped like sweat onto his eyes, overlaying the corridors with glowing blueprints. M stopped at a door, and the correspondence folder closed. He blinked while he caught his breath, and then his heart skipped a beat. This was the entrance and the exit, the threshold of the archives. This was the way out, back up to the office, or to a different place entirely. You've been listening to the Night's End podcast, which is a production of Dissonance Media. Descent into the Archives was written by Dennis Mombauer. Dennis currently lives in Colombo, Sri Lanka, where he works as a consultant on climate change and as a writer of speculative fiction, textual experiments, and poetry. He is co-publisher of a German magazine for experimental fiction, Die Novelle, magazine for experimentalism and has published fiction and non-fiction in various magazines and anthologies. His first English novel, The Fertile Clay, was published by Nightscape Press in 2020. For more from Dennis, head over to dennismombauer.com or follow him on Twitter, at dmombauerwriter. Links are in the show notes. Dennis is also the author of our patron-exclusive episode, Halls of Silton Seawater. This episode was narrated by John Stinson, from the Spooky Tales podcast, where he and his co-host Louise chat about all things spooky. Just search the Spooky Tales podcast where you get your podcasts. Or follow the link in the show notes. Armitage was performed by Brandon Marsh from the Parry Unity podcast. From ghosts to cryptids to ufology, they discuss them all. Just search Parry Unity podcast wherever you get your podcasts or head to parryunitypodcast.wixsite.com. Jimmy Horrors was performed by James Barnett. This episode was edited and produced by James Barnett. If you enjoyed this episode, why not leave us a rating and a review, as it helps us reach more people. Or head to nightsendpodcast.com to find out how else you can support us. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay horrific, everyone.